Good morning. Welcome to Teaching Others Also. Here we are on Monday, January the 24th, 2022. Had a little glitch in our technology this morning, so the morning broadcast had a little bit of a glitch and a delay, but we're back on track. We're going to go to uh, several passages to start this week. We're going to study for a while and talk about fishing for souls, fishing for men. Fishing for men is not a gender-specific statement. People are overly sensitive today, and yet I try my best to be sensitive to the fact that people are quite brainwashed today. Now, let's go to several passages and paint a large picture for ourselves. Matthew 4, go to Matthew 4 and Mark 1. These are overlapping and what we would call sometimes parallel passages. <clears throat> the accounts are a little different. Now let me say this to you. Uh, I was asked recently about the idea of soul winning and stuff and I prayed about it for a few weeks and decided that this would be a good way to do it. And I'm going to preface it while you're turning to Matthew 4 and Luke uh, Mark 1, Matthew 4 Mark 1 to start with. I'll preface it with saying this. I, I'm going to talk about some stuff out of the Bible and then I'm going to talk about some stuff that I've been taught through the years and contrast it with two different kinds and I'm going to talk about some things that I've observed by applying the Bible and dealing with souls in America on the foreign field different parts of the world many countries of the world and I want to say this first of all I think the greatest danger that Christians face today who read their Bible study their Bible and around preaching is missing the forest for the trees. If you can get the right overall view, then you can apply it to whatever God has you doing personally in your life. And that is where I'm at this morning and for the next few mornings, whether it be a week or two, just whatever. But we'll still use our, our broadcast format here and use it that way. But we're going to talk about fishing for souls, fishing for men. Women, boys, and girls. All right. I want to read the passages. I'm obviously going to be out of the English King James Bible. You know that. And the thing to remember is we get a great continuity by having a final authority that way. But also it brings us under authority. And I think that's probably something missing by people who strongly profess the King James Bible. They have, they use it to make either themselves or someone they've listened to, heard, etc., a final authority. That is a real danger, and I promise you, uh, in all the years I've been saved, all the years I've been around it, <coughs> I was first exposed to it probably around 1976 in that time period, about being a true one-book person, and I hadn't been saved very long, but I can tell you after all those years, however many that is now, that we need to make sure we have the right balanced view, balanced by God's book. Let your moderation be known unto all men, and we need to have the right balance, not a false balance, not a false standard for weights and measures. A lot of Bible believers today measure others with a whole different standard than they measure themselves. All right, so Matthew chapter 4, trust you've gotten there. I'm going to read about four or five verses. We're going to start in verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, 
casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers, meaning they did this for a living, okay? It wasn't their hobby. <laughs> and he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father. So that's why they're called James and John, the son of Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Okay, Mark chapter one. We're going to make reference to all these passages as we go through this. And I'm not going to rush through it. I'm not going to force it into it. I've got it outlined in front of me, but I'm not going to force it into an outline. Uh, all these years, and God blessed me with being able to outline. I know how to outline and, and narrow it down. But I have noticed that people have made the outline the issue, the outline the skill, and not the knowledge of the Word and the communication of the Word. And we need to make sure that you don't get focused on the trees, outline points, instead of the forest, the whole message. Amen. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net in the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. All right, keep going through our gospel accounts. Luke, gospel of Luke chapter 5, Luke 5. Now there's information and direction and illustration in each of these passages, but you don't want to take one passage to the exclusion of the other. That would be getting focused on the trees, on a tree and not the forest. See, you get me? Forced, not the trees. All right, Luke chapter 5, verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draft. <clears throat> you say, well, how could D-R-A-U-G-H-T be draft? Well, how do you pronounce L-A-U-G-H? Oh, laugh. Draft, laughed. How about that? Praise the Lord. Isn't English amazing? Isn't your King James Bible an education in itself? Hallelujah. And Simon... <laughs> Do uh, you know why they still to this day, even though they've changed the spelling to Americanize it, etc., D-R-A-F-T is draft, like draft beer. Well, it used to be D-R-A-U-G-H-T, draft, draft, draft beer. <coughs> and Simon answering, some of you be way more familiar with that than I am, to your shame. Anyway. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, 
that they should come and help him, them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. So they're going to be fishers of men, they're going to catch men. But they're not going to be catchers of men as such. They're going to catch them because they're fishers of men. Keep that in your mind. That is why they call it fishing, not catching. <laughs> okay. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now later we'll go to John 21 where you remember another fishing time where Simon Peter went to fishing because he's bored and, and maybe got impatient or whatever. Uh, I don't personally think he was trying to backslide or nothing. I think he was bored. And a great lesson. Be careful when you're bored. Amen. In the ministry. But today, I took the extra time to read all those because I want to do a little introduction to this idea of fishing for souls. Fishers of men, fishing for souls and men. Now in your Bible, you may find a rare reference to the idea of hunting for souls, but 99% of the time, hunting in your Bible is bad. Hunting's associated with the devil, it's associated with Nimrod, it's associating with carnivorous carnal activities, Okay. That doesn't mean if you go out and hunt that that makes you bad. I didn't say that. I'm just saying the parallel isn't found there. You're not hunting for souls. You're fishing for them. And God took and made this world the way he did. And then he purposely gave us illustrations because he made it to be illustrations. He didn't just discover and go, oh, that fishing is like going after souls. Now, originally someone asked me about the idea of soul winning. The term soul winning has really many differences to people. You say, well, the Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. That's true. Boy, you talk about taking that out of context. Did, did Jesus ever really talk about you trying to win a soul? But did he constantly talk about fishing for men? All these passages, and he took fishermen to give us the example. And don't we find so much of their preaching was casting it out, Right? So we're going to apply all that specifically as we go along. But I want to talk about, as an introduction, getting this picture in your mind. It's not seen as hunting. For example, it's primarily net fishing. You have one exception in Matthew 17, verse 27, where they asked Jesus about the tribute money. And they said, do you pay tribute? And he said, whose inscription? He said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. That'd be good for some people to remember. And also, he told Simon Peter, after Peter had already told him, yeah, we pay tribute, and then Jesus had to help him out. He said, you go out, and cast a hook, first fish you come up, he'll have the money in his mouth, and it did. That's the only time you see him instructing about, you know, fishing with a hook. That doesn't mean it's wrong if you go fishing with a hook, by the way. But when it comes to the picture he wants us to have, okay? When it comes to this living illustration that he gives us and that we learn from, it's net fishing. Now, there is a lot of fishing without catching. And he gives us these examples in our Bible. I mentioned John 21 to you, for example. I mentioned to you, we read the passage in Luke chapter 5, 
where Simon Peter's like, there's no fish in the area today. And he probably had all his reasons like fishermen do. It's the moon, it's the tide, it's whatever. Jesus shows him who's in charge of nature. Now, I don't know what you do when you go fishing. When I go fishing, I definitely pray. And I pray that if there's any way possible, God might cause me to catch a fish. Not let me, cause me. Because if he leaves it up to me, I ain't going to catch nothing. And I've been blessed with catching all kinds of stuff all over the place. But I guarantee you this, <laughs> I'm going to pray about that. And, and I say that to say this, that when you make your illustrations from nature, you've got to bring them in according to what we know to be so of the work of God and the dealings of God with mankind from our Bible. And so there is much fishing without catching. There is. That's what makes it so important. These men understood that concept, and so God was going to use that and apply it in their lives, and they were going to teach it to their others. <clears throat> Be careful of this thing of soul winning, and we're going to have to get into it more in the morning, on, on tomorrow morning. But this morning, remember this. The subject could be called soul winning, but it's not because biblically the vast majority of illustrations we have are about fishing. In the last 60 years, soul winning became a thing where it was we were taught tactics. You were taught trying to reap a soul. You are taught trying to lead the soul to Christ and all that kind of thing. And it, was a, and it was measured by how many souls you got and this and that. But the whole tactics were the opposite of fishing. And the results were the opposite of how you should treat the fruit of your fishing. And we'll just take our time over the next few sessions or whatever till whenever we're done with it, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about fishers. We're going to talk about fishings. And we're talking about the fruit of it. And we won't limit ourselves to one session for each, each thought, but those, those are the three main things. We're going to talk about the fishers. That's who does the fishing. We're talking about the actual fishing, ways in which we fish for souls, and we're talking about the fruits, the catch. What do you do with the catch? A whole bunch of you are negligent with the catch. The slothful man roasteth not that which he taketh in hunting. Okay? Well, that's like just letting it lay there and rot. A lot of you like to do catch and release so you can say you caught something, but you don't have to do anything with it. <laughs> And we'll get into all that. I trust you'll read these passages. I'm probably not going to reread them every single day. So whoever listens later, if you listen later, get them to listen. And we'll see you in the morning.